This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Well, he's clapping already. Look at him. He is clapping already. Gents, I tell you what, I'm going to start with something slightly different today because somewhere in a galaxy far, far away, an alternate bunch of Chelsea fans are watching football. They're embracing football. They're loving football. There's still drama. There's still a shedload of goals. We do. But there are still decisions supporters may not be happy about. But the football that they're watching is the football that we know and love and not... Under tens. The, <laughs> under tens. Not the football I want to allude to that was cruelly snatched away with the complete comebacks of all comebacks at Stamford Bridge. Hey, this Tuesday just gone. The decision, we have to say, to deny Cesar Azpilicueta both a goal and a celebratory tummy slide, by the way, was cruel. It, it was, was harsh. one of the great displays of um, celebration, wasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, In the stands as well as on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was great. To be fair, though, to the ref, the bizarre ref, the strange ref, to be fair to the uh, the strange ref that um, in his strutting in his in his canary outfit. Isn't it so interesting about continental refs that they appear to have a, a kind of almost dr- drum majorette aspect to them that we don't have in this country? <laughs> There's a kind of sort of strut and a kind of uh, I'm in charge about the whole thing. But is that, that, that a uh, lot to do with their, their, their more day glow than our guys? Probably they'd stand out because more. I don't, I, yeah, I can't that's true. Perhaps if you gave Mike Dean one of those, he'd well, strut they, even they look more. Like highlighter pens, possible. Don't they, they? They, yeah. yeah, and they behave like yeah. them. They yeah. behave, I mean, a man who can, how many, what was it? Booked seven before half time. Mm-hmm. You know, it is likely there will be an explosion of sendings off in the second half if you've done that, if you're being consistent. Well, absolutely. But, um, but that, that's what but he no, was. But, but he was consistently he was, awful. But he also, he was consistent in that the ball that did hit, uh, the ball that hit uh, um, Abraham on the line was very similar to Veltman being hit as well. So you thought, well, yeah, he's given a penalty for that, so he'll, he'll give that a, as, a, as a non-goal, won't he? When he hit his hand. Do you up. not think he felt sorry for them, the fact he sent two off? Because that was a really... I mean, I've watched it again, and I still can't really see it. I well, mean, it was I, just... I, I mean, I'm trying to work out what the second one was. The first one was absolutely, um, was uh, as they say, a stone wall. Uh, the pen? For, yeah. No, no, yeah, no, not the penalty. The, um, 
and I'm just using that as an Danny image. Danny Blinn. Yeah, he, yeah the Blinn, no, Blinn. Danny Blinn. Blinn was da- obviously yeah. a daily. foul. Daily. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a big daily, da- daily as in <laughs> Daily Mail. Um, uh, da- the Daily Blinn foul was obviously uh, yellow, so therefore yeah. he was sent off because he'd committed yeah. one early yeah. on. But um, And in fact, I like the fact that he got up and had a go twice, didn't he? Because he'd, he and Pulisic had clashed and he then still had a go at Kovacic and the ball then went obviously to Adoy, who uh, um, played well when he came on. It was good to see, actually. And, uh, and his shot, Veltman handled it. Now, whether he then sent him off because it was a handling and the ball was possibly going in, or whether in the melee that ensued, he had put his that, hands on the ref. Was, that in, was in the, the ground, wasn't it? Yeah. On the night, that yeah. was almost impossible because the referee was surrounded mm. by every Ajax player yeah. and half a Chelsea players. Yeah. And when he came out, because he took so long to bring out the second red card. Well, I don't think he could find it, could he? There was a well, lot of I, shuffling going on, wasn't well, there? Well, do, do you know what, gents? I should probably intro the show, by the way, because we mm. haven't actually... Well, we've gone straight instantly, in, though. Well, we've gone straight in. But rightly so. Absolutely. After that, after well, that. I, I think the game itself has given us an entire, sh- entire show's show. worth of content. It is a show. Just it the is, game yeah. itself. This is, of course... It was hideous, though. Can I just say, it was hideous and ghastly, that game. He's going to introduce us. Oh, yes, introduce us, yeah. Oh, no. Sorry, Nobody I'm still, knows I'm who still we infusing. Are. This is very, very true. This is, of course, if you haven't guessed already, it is the Chelsea fan show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Peedle, here with the boys from the Chelsea That's fan right. cast. I'm, I'm Stanford Chidge and this <laughs> is Mark Worrell. <laughs> yeah. The uh, recognisable so tones now, of Jonathan Kidd and, of course, Clayton Beerman. Good Fellas, just can we just talk through being inside that ground? Because I was actually on air at the time, so... Yeah. We, we had it up, but you can see from the screens what's happening. But as we see from the screens right now, there seems to be some zorbing football going on at Carrow Road before their vital Premier League clash with Watford. We'll give you updates on that as the night progresses. Also, of course, Carlisle visit Dulwich Hamlet in the FA Cup first round. The magic of the FA Cup, of course, Friday night football. A horrendous journey for Carlisle, it has to be said. We'll give you updates on that one as well. But right now, gents, being in the stadium, being in Stamford Bridge for that game, to witness that comeback, before we get onto all those other points, it just looked electric. Well, um, can you mind if I leap in here, Clean? Thank you. Do leap. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, It was kind of inevitable because they are really inexorable going forward. Chelsea, to use a word that I don't even understand what it means. Best word we've had on the station uh, today. Thanks very much. Um, Every time you watch them coming forwards, because Kovacic and Jorginho are so fantastic, Kovacic has become this really uh, evolved. I think actually he demonstrated how competent he was in the very first game he played for Chelsea, because I came away thinking, wow, who's that? And from then on was then stuck into Sarri's straight jacket and couldn't really play. But because he's so good, I actually thought, I said to the person next to me, it may be 4-1, but if we keep playing the attacking football we're playing will score four whether they score eight which was the way things were looking mm-hmm. with the defense is, is another thing but for me I didn't I, I, it was exhilarating but at the same time I thought inevitable and people have been trying to say oh, it's because they only had nine players well no actually it was four three by the time they mm-hmm. were the nine players and in fact the mistake was not scoring three more goals when they had nine and they should have done they were very very Near and um, Babachwai came on. God, what a great save that was from the goalie at the fantastic. end! Fantastic yeah. save. Well, oh, brilliant. Oh, no, no, yeah, Bach, brilliant save. Brilliant save. Bachwai was excellent coming on. That turn that he did was absolutely world class. And the same with, uh, you know, moving swiftly on to this thing, Reese James was similarly, I hope, has cemented a position at uh, right back that will see him there for the rest of the season with Dave playing left back. Well, it's, it's quite interesting. And not we neither one of us actually answered Matt's question. No, no, so let's no. answer Matt's right, question first say. of all. Okay. And then I'll go, and then I'll go the off about of the, the, the yeah. whole Cesar thing. Yeah. So being in the stadium was quite surreal in mm. terms of the first half was sort of depressing Empty. and the, weird it, it was yeah. very very strange because there was a lot of chatter on social media about the fact let's make Stamford Bridge this hotbed because there's no Ajax fans and let's really pump up the atmosphere it was as flat as a pancake yeah. it, there, there was no atmosphere in well, maybe because the opposition had scored three the goals fa- as well the fact wasn't we were 3-1 down didn't actually yeah. help right but prior to the to the goals going in the atmosphere was it was really really flat and I'll tell you why, when it changed it changed 3-1 in the first minute of the second half when Kurt Zuma went on that run <laughs> brilliant unbelievable and it, it, the comedy finish I mean to, to just you know the, the atmosphere in the club to, to see that we're 3-1 down your centre half makes an amazing run and then hits the ball into the, the, the high street 
and you're looking at the bench, and I'm telling you, Sarre, Conte, Mourinho, they all would have had a fit. Frank was laughing mm. because it was, it was a comedy moment, but it was brilliant. But after that happened, the stadium just sort of picked up, the atmosphere picked up, and then they scored the fourth goal, and it was like, Ugh. But we scored the, our second goal quite quickly afterwards. afterwards, and after we'd scored the second goal, there, there was a, the, the whole place lifted, but and there was a by, real by Asby taking the ball out the net so quickly and running back to the centre circle. I, I don't know, thinking. but there was just a feeling. Yeah. You know, I mean, you met my son last week, and and he was with me on Wednesday, and and he's been Brilliant. to a handful of games, and he just said to me, "Dad, that's the best game I've ever been to." Which you know, and he's been to cup finals, and and, and he said that. But it was an extraordinary game. And you're right, we could have a whole show just talking about that game. So just just going back to the, the Asby-Reese thing, I turned around to my mate on, after half-time and after about 10 minutes when Reese was putting in a shift and really looked the business. And I said, do you know what? I think this, is, this, this could be a really interesting night because this could be the night that Dave is finally phased out of the team. <laughs> and then that showed how much I know about football. Because for the following 35 minutes, he was just... Phenomenal. He was pos- arguably yeah, our yeah. best player on the pitch. But Ron, next to me, the Millwall fan, yeah. he said, uh, he said Alonso's not going to be at the club for long, you know that, don't you? And I said, oh, what's happening? He said, oh, I've got sauces. He said, I went, oh, OK. What? I said, what, barbecue sauce? Ah, ha, ha, ha. And he went, no, no, I know. I said, what about Emerson then? Is he coming? He said, no, Emerson. He said, he's asked for a lot of money and uh, he's trying to get out of the club. He's trying to force an exit. This is all allegedly. Uh, uh, Yeah, and I said, what are your sources? He said, I can't tell him my sources. He said, Barclay's off as well. I said, well, we could all deduce that at Christmas. He said, yeah, but that's good. I said, I'll be buying Nathan Ackie then. Who? He said. (laughs) (laughs) Millwall fan? Yeah, yeah, I've got a Millwall fan sits next to me regularly. Yeah. Right, why doesn't he go to Millwall? Uh, Well, his wife is a Chelsea fan. Right, I see. And uh, she brings him along. So oh. he just sits there and she says to me, I'm just trying, she's a Chelsea fan. She says, I'm trying to I'm trying to get him to become Chelsea. So he says, he says things like, you said, that keeper, we should get onto this. He says, he's not a proper keeper. He said, look at him, just standing on the line there. Look at that, dreadful. He says, you bring Caballero on. He said, Caballero's a much better keeper than well, that's a nonsense in itself, and I'm sure we'll get on to Kepper and that particular goal <laughs> as well. But Rhys James, of course, has become the youngest ever goal scorer for Chelsea in the Champions League, just 19 years and 332 days. A great moment for him, especially capping off the comeback, although not entirely capping it off. The winner would have been capping it off. Just a quick quiz before we move on. The other five youngest goal scorers, or the other four to, to, to finish the top five, do they spring to mind? So you've got Reese James okay. now, who is the top, <coughs> so the youngest. I, I would say Oscar's probably in there. He is. 21 uh, years and 10 years. Or is this for uh, other For clubs? Chelsea. For Chelsea. Uh, so um, I reckon Mikel Forsell. No. Sadly not, no. It's uh, a tough one, to be fair. Tammy? Nope. Tammy's not scored yet in the Champions uh, League. Terry Venables? Are we talking about Champions, Champions League? League. Yes, oh, sadly, I thought we were talking about in Europe. And it's, it's modern format, yeah, sadly. Yeah, yeah, Statistics yeah. didn't seem to count. Yeah, they didn't count then, did they at all? No, um, no. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you. So, Arjen Robin is next. 20 years, 284 That's days. That's not fair because he always looks 45. Yeah, he did. That's yeah. really not It's fair. amazing to think how young yeah. he was when he signed for Chelsea, isn't it? It's just incredible. Was he 21, 22, something like so that? So, he was 20 years, 284 days when he scored in the Champions League. So, slightly younger wow. when he signed for the club. I never Oscar. realised that. I thought, no. thought he was, he was always old, yeah. 40, at yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar, yeah. like you said, and of course, that was his brace when he scored that incredible curler. Everybody thought that was going to be he'd be one of the great players for Chelsea. And sadly, that was his best game. Mm. Sadly, Daniel Sturridge and Kurt Zuma, who we've already mentioned as well, uh, finish off that top five list. So impressive. But yes, Rhys James, I mean, are we thinking now, guys? So is that what you're suggesting? Rhys James is the permanent right back and Asby goes to left back? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that will happen, especially after. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's it's like the Conte three nil defeat against Arsenal changed everything, and and maybe that performance changed everything. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it it it's sort of Reese has come back again from a bad injury. Whether he's got a run of games in him, God, I don't know. He's so uh, relaxed on the ball, but also he's such a unit. He did. He went for the for a header with their uh, their left back. And uh, the collision was this poor bloke was uh, was left staggering, and he's just strutting about after it. You just think, oh, wow, what is he? He's built, and uh, I didn't see it obviously because it was it was on telly. But Joe Cole apparently was saying that when he watches him in training or what have you, he was saying he hits a ball like David Beckham, yeah. as far as crosses are concerned. Really? And it's 
I mean, he whipped in a really good cross. Didn't yeah, he, as well. he did. I, I mean, the, the, sorry. The ironic yeah. thing is that when Dave is on the right hand side, he can't beat the first man. He sort of he aims for the shins of the nearest defender. Yeah, yeah, deliberately. But on on the left hand side, he wasn't crossing the ball in. He was just basically bombing in himself. It was a it was a bizarre performance, but it was it was fantastic and. Yeah. You wonder whether that's the role that they have in this setup: is the left back is allowed to get forward, knowing that um, Tomori will be uh, coming across for him. Indeed. Well, fellas, we've barely scratched the surface. Actually, it's an interesting point as well on David Beckham, and I think whether certain clubs will like it or not, I think you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think he definitely has modelled his game on Beck's, or at least the delivery. James Ward-Prowse, not as young, but I think he's also looked at Beck's coming up through the ranks, and of course, Rhys James as well. Like I said, we've barely scratched the surface. We are going to continue this chat about that epic 4-4 draw with Ajax after this. Love sports. It's Chelsea Fan Show on Love Spot. Me, Matt Beadle here with the sneezing Jonathan Kidd from Chelsea Fancast <laughs> and Clayton Beerman joining us as well. Thoroughly enjoyable show thus far. If you want to join the debate, ask the guys some questions about that Tuesday night game with Ajax. 0208 758. You can WhatsApp us on that number as well or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Now, gents, we're going to move on to the case for the defence or perhaps the case against the defence, I suppose you could say. Kepper in goal on Tuesday. As peers, we've mentioned Kurt Zuma, Fikaya Tomori and Marco Marcos Alonso, I should say. What are we saying on the defence? There were defensive woes, of course. At one stage, it was 4-1 to Ajax. What are we saying, gents? OK, so let's go through the goals one by one. One by one. So Tammy Abrahams has adopted the Didier Drogba role of trying now, because we had this problem with, with zonal marking, Obviously wasn't working at the beginning of the season and Frank changed it. He basically went to man marking and had Tammy trying to be the one who was intercepting the first ball in. So goal number one, he tried to intercept the first ball in and put it beautifully past Kepper. Beautifully. Well. Yep. So he's the young is he not one of the youngest goal scorers? Sorry? He's not one of the youngest goal Tammy scorers. Is not just, no. just wasn't for us. Mm. Um the second goal was a fantastic ball in, but Dave was asleep. Dave was asleep, and also um, Kepper appeared to be relying on Dave heavily. Well, he didn't actually seem to be we'll looking come, at the we'll cross come, at we'll all. Come We're back, coming to him in come, a minute. We'll come back to Kepper in a yeah, second. Okay, okay. The third goal, the thing that really got my goat about the third goal is, and I'm going to have a rant now. Football now is, I mean, apart from VAR, which is killing one aspect of it, the other aspect, which is just driving me bonkers is the fact you can't breathe on anybody. We Where we sit was right above where that free kick was. Marcus Alonso and uh, Fakai Tomori were behind or next to this guy. And because there was a presence, the guy just went down. Of course. The linesman is two yards away. Yeah. Gives a free kick. It was not a free kick. It, it just wasn't a free kick. It was, there was, there was contact, but there wasn't, it wasn't a foul. You know, it was like coming together. So that got our goat first off. And then second, the free kick that obviously sailed over Kepper's head, hit the post, smacked him in the face. And it was one of the most embarrassing goals. It was It was To ridiculous. come back and then see that we're fat into half time yeah. and with the televisions yeah. on where I sit and, yeah. in the, in the, the air and, the, and all the pundits are laughing <laughs> yeah. was not a great moment to be a no, Chelsea and fan. I, and, and I... Goalkeeper, I love goalkeepers. I love goalkeeping. I will defend goalkeepers to the hilt. But I just don't think he was aware. I don't think he was on his toes. I don't think he was expecting it. And I, and I just, you know, and, and there's this whole thing about him not dominating his area. I counter that with the fact that I think football's changed. I don't think goalkeepers dominate their area. You look at all the goalkeepers now. I mean, yes, they're all great with their feet. Well, they've become shot stoppers, have they? But they're shot stoppers. Because he no. made a fantastic save in well, the, uh, in the second that, half when they had nine players, didn't they? Which was very similar to the, the Watford save. Exactly, exactly. He seems so, to be very good down by the post. You he, know, but. he is a very good reaction goalkeeper, um, but he doesn't command his area. Now, I don't know, because I, I, I'm not privy to what goes on, but I perceive that goalkeepers are told not to command their areas anymore. Because they just don't do it. If you think about, you know, you think about Emerson and you think about Allison, who are the two best goalkeepers. They, I can't see them coming out for crosses. I can't see them coming out 
No, the co- I mean, look, listen, the culture of the modern goalkeeper has changed incredibly. So it's actually a very good podcast that talks just all about this. And David De Gea is another example as well, who you look at David De Gea and see how many crosses he comes for. He just doesn't. Actually, I went to see United against Brighton last season and it was staggering. I was with Richard Lee and we just couldn't believe that he does not come for anything, David De Gea, because his game is so built around his ability to stop shots yeah. in inverted commas because so that re- is ultimately so he relies completely on the centre halves to clear but absolutely basically. pretty much and in terms of commanding your area yeah because a lot of it now we know about the playing out from the back aspect but also something you just said there Clayton is really interesting because you mentioned the fact that yes he I suppose he did make the error for the goal personally I don't think that's his I don't think any goalkeeper saves that I think it's very very difficult to to react to that type of free kick that was swung in by Ziyech wasn't it who's very very decent mm. delivery but I think that it's really difficult purely for a goalkeeper. We know that everybody focuses on the errors. You can make four yep. great saves, you make one yep. glaring error, or you make a meme that goes round like that, and that's what you remember for. But I think it was it was no coincidence to me that even the, the other goal that Promise scored, yep. he's looking straight ahead. And in the same way, even for that one that came over, he's still looking straight ahead. It's yep. almost as if that's what he's been told to do, yep. which is to think... Where is the ball coming from there, rather from from in front of me on the six-yard box, rather than looking at the trajectory of the ball itself, which I think is what I'm just adding to what I mean, we, I, I'd we, be we actually fascinated there. to talk to Richard Lee about it because I want you know because the whole coaching ethos of goalkeepers. We'll go back to Courtois. When Courtois first came, he was coming out and he was he was collecting. I remember the game, the wonderful game against Burnley, you know, where we won three-one, the the year that Jose won the title. Came out, catching, I remember Gary Neville saying, isn't it great to see a goalkeeper commanding his area and catching, which is what he did regularly. By the time he left, he was also, it was, it was like... One he, of the others. Would, yeah, he yeah. wouldn't leave his six-yard box. So I'm believing that's what they're coaching. Well, do they work out what are the, the, the stats of somebody um, leaves the uh, comes out of the six-yard box for a ball, perhaps loses it, or the ball, there are more goals going in, whereas if it, you leave it to the centre-half... You then might you can stop it with your your presence in the goal that otherwise wouldn't be there if you're kept out of position. Perhaps it's that. Perhaps they've th- they've think, worked yeah, that out. I think there's an element of that, but also you think about the way the game's evolved and how quick it is now. They're perhaps thinking that once a goalkeeper comes and catches the ball, it slows things down. That and yet, you know, by well, if the you time get the ball immediately, he just throws it out. Surely it accelerates it. Perhaps. I tell you what is rather interesting, and this actually surprised me when I was doing a bit of research earlier in the week, that that's 11 games now that Kepa has played in the Premier League this season. In terms of save percentage stats... He's the worst, isn't he, in the whole bottom. Premier League? He's bottom. When you yeah. think he's, so that's uh, shots on target against for Kepa this season yeah. is 36. He's conceded 17. Yeah. So that is just over 50% yeah. in terms of save percentage. That is the worst. Wow. Yeah. The worst in the Premier League. When yeah. you consider that Angus Gunn conceded nine a couple of weeks ago and isn't bottom of that list, that's quite alarming. I, re- I really didn't expect that. Yeah, no, I saw that. And I, I was... It's quite I, significant, I, I, isn't it? Ron next to me said, he's got to go. He said, they'll no. be bu- We're talking be about the most no. expensive goalkeeper in the world. No, I know, I, I know. Well, he is and he isn't. I think that's a misnomer because we actually only paid 35 for him because we got right. 35 for Kepa. But for a um, Courtois. Courtois. Courtois, sorry. Yes, okay. um, so I thought two Kepas. Two we sold Kepas. one, we bought two one. Two Kepas, better than one Kepa. Mm. Um, but I, listen, I, I, I think he's still young for a goalkeeper. I will continue to defend him because I think, you know, the, the, the bottom line is he ended up saving, saving us from losing on um, Saturday. Tuesday. And drawing on Saturday. Yeah. So for all his faults, he's basically come out and saved us in two games. But as you say, all he's going to be remembered for is having the ball smack him in the face. That's the problem. Yeah, I did like the the tweet from Michy Batshuayi, by the way. Absolutely. But that's what you want after a game, yeah. isn't it? And actually, yeah. you mentioned Frank Lampard there and the fact that he laughed. And yeah. on, a, on another very quick tangent, the fact that Kurt Zuma made that run, sometimes I think football doesn't have to be that complicated. I think if a player just takes it upon himself just to make a run like that, just to run around like a madman for a bit, it does lift the crowd. And you think that Frank Lampard laughed. Mm. That, I guess, in one sense, is maybe a better understanding of the English game because he's, he's only ever played in it, of course, a brief smell in MLS. But do you think that Chelsea would have achieved that comeback under any other manager of recent times? No, I wouldn't have thought there was enthusiasm. or the, Well, definitely not the at- attacking ability because this, this team... Uh 
as I keep saying, I, I, I keep getting the score right each week because you just say, you know, well, they'll score four because they have that ability. The, the, the pace the ball is being passed out is just absolutely phenomenal and they look as if they're going to score. So, um, I've never seen an attacking team like that other than yeah. equivalent would be Mourinho in 2005. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The, Sorry, the, to, no, 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 because I was going to make a different point. You're, you're quite right in terms of our attacking because the whole misnomer about Mourinho. Mourinho was that he was dour and it was this, that and the other. And when we had Arjen Robin and Damien Duff yeah. absolutely flying down the wings and destroying teams. No, what I was going to say is that I think this is the first team since then to have the spirit... To, yeah, to come back, that. absolutely. Because that Mourinho team, basically, they had they had an arrogance. Say, you're not going to beat us. But also, they had a defence that was uh, well, that, phenomenal <laughs> as well. That, that that also helped. But this team had the spirit within the team. Now, whether that is basically going back to the fact that we've got three or four homegrown players in there who are fans. Was it his tactics? His tactically, I think he's... he's well, he changed it at half-time. I, I, I read, I can't remember what report it was, but it might have been Liam in The Athletic was basically saying it was a real shock because he hasn't done anything like that yet. Like, you know, somebody hooked at half-time. But it was need- that the first time he's done it? Yeah, yeah. it needed. He was something. poor though, wasn't he, Alonso? And he did give away uh, that free kick. I mean, even though he was similar to giving away the penalty, it was he, a kind of he did. And he did do that business of when he plays really badly. I mean, I'm a big fan of Alonso. Yeah. When he plays badly, he seems to lose it completely. He did several centres that just went off for throws. Well, and he, you just he think had he a, really he had, is he losing had a it. Really poor half. He did on the back of the really poor game against Manchester indeed, United. Indeed, and again, I, I I've got this. Uh, I mean, he reached a point against Manchester United. I think we made the point last week. The fact we thought he was tired, uh, but maybe I don't know. But I I just think there are some players who thrive on playing, and when he, you're not playing all the time, maybe you don't perform as well. And I, and I can't honestly say that I did. He get the protection in front of him. I don't know. I don't think he did. I mean, there was so much well, going does, on. Does, yeah, was Pulisic and Mount seem yeah. to to flip either side? I they know. Just so change, in, in those uh, circumstances, it's it's hard to say whether he got the protection that he needed because he was being overrun. But in saying that, the the manager changed it and it changed the whole emphasis of the game and the team and and what have you. They seem so. to. Have, I, I couldn't believe the goal. In fact, the fourth, their fourth goal seemed to be against the run of play because we just seemed it to was, keep it was it was against the run of, of play. And I don't know if you recall, but we were on the attack and Pulisic yeah. was in a fantastic position and then played an awful ball and then then broke. The ball, yeah, that's right. But there was way. also the the real sort of heartbreak for Tamori because he made a fantastic tackle. And when he tried to stand up, he fell over. Yes. He made a great recovery. And he was just in bits after that goal. Did yeah. you see him? Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. crestful. But also nobody made a challenge. Zuma was just sort of standing 10 yards off. You just the, thought this the speed, is... Uh, the speed yeah. of delivery in and the shot and the ter- shot turn were, were, were first It's interesting because they changed their tactics, Ajax, from the first game. They actually played many, well, they, they many more play long like balls. Us, yeah, they, in the first yeah. game? It was yeah. like a roll yeah. reverse. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because they were played a bit like Burnley, weirdly enough. They played lots of long balls <laughs> down the... They Sean Dyche's Ajax. Yeah, I'm looking forward they to were, that But episode. it's really peculiar. They were. They were playing because they were using Promise on the side, even yeah. on the left-hand side. The ball was just being booted up how by Blind. How good is he? Promise a very good player, isn't he? Well, they just build season upon season, don't they? Eric Ten Hag, of course, a very good manager apparently uh, Bayern Munich are interested in him but he's saying he's going to stay at Ajax at least until the end of the season gents I still don't feel like we scratch the surface no, we've no. still got plenty yeah. more to discuss on the Chelsea fan show on Love Sport away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? 
Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Love Sport. It's the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle here with the boys from the Chelsea Fancast, Jonathan Kidd you know- and Clayton Beerman. Gents, we are going to continue our dissection of that epic 4-4 draw with Ajax on Tuesday. I want to touch on Jorginho. I know we speak about him a lot on this very show. Of course, we have to. He's a pivotal member of the Chelsea side now, that midfield. But those penalties. I mean, is he arguably the best penalty taker we've ever seen in the Premier League? Hasn't missed one yet. Of course, missed one in Serie A, I believe. And he missed one in... Um, was it in the uh, the penalty shootout at... Uh, Wembley. At Wembley. City, yeah. Sure. Yeah, rather embarrassingly, because mm. he did his skip and he hit it straight into... Well, the, the, arms the, of the thing goalkeeper. was that their keeper didn't move, did he? He just stood there. That's and right. He, and he ended up passing, passing it, it to him. him. Yeah. 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 And as his status at the time was that of um, uh, low um, yeah, mollusk. That, that went really it, well. It didn't go very well, did it? <laughs> <laughs> With the, lots of people doing the gladiator thumbs down sign to him, yes. I remember. Yes, indeed. And uh, even booing, which was to yes. see... Sorry, to hear, go and take your boy exactly, with you. Exactly, yes. exactly. To, to hear the Jorginho song being... Um, Chirped out with great regularity. Does come the, on. You normally do a rendition when, when we. Jorginho, Jorginho. That's about all I'm going to give you. Okay. My I've f- got a theory yeah. that yeah. basically we're only doing that because we haven't got an Antonio or a and Maurizio. Yeah, that's true. They want one of those. Yeah. Yes, it is a it's dull a, it's, thing. It's to a thing use. with an O. On no, the somebody end. came up with another with another version of of a song for him. Did they? Uh, so it was something like Whoa, <laughs> I heard that at Watford and I thought God that's a bit rubbish Lovely. isn't it yeah. Mm. yeah as you do I was uh, at Watford um, beh- behind me I was at Watford full stop behind me were uh, <laughs> well, I was at Watford and was behind Watford. me were four boys who for 90 minutes did not stop singing and at the end of in fact when they scored unfortunately they threw themselves forward as if there was nothing and landed on me and my Brilliant. mate and I actually said to them guys I'm a bit fragile a bit old could you stop doing that please but um, at the end of the match I said congratulations uh, completely phenomenal phenomenal 90 minutes worth of singing and they were Whoa, looking at me as if I'm taking the mickey and mm. I wasn't I really meant it mm. it was phenomenal and that's the difference with going to away games is that you get pocket pocket sized battleships of supporters who just you wouldn't get at the bridge it just doesn't happen mm. who were and they went through every single song and I just thought this is just absolutely phenomenal but um, the that Jorginho one was very much in evidence Jorginho Jorginho but yes we were talking about it rather than the tunes necessarily well, he did play the ball of the season so he did deserve he did deserve it didn't he yes he did sung he did it's it, just um, incredible though isn't it I mean you talk about the tiny mollusk status the fact that he's elevated himself into uh, He's he's cool. po- he's possibly the um what you mean in a, a, yeah. in terms of a, he's no longer amoeba like yeah. you mean he's, he's become uh, he's become a dinosaur there we you go you even say um he become he's become a tyrannosaurus rex um but no he he, he actually but I think he's loving it as well because he's you can he, tell you can tell that there's mm. a he's a presence uh, in the media as well he's seen mucking about and winking and doing things these little clips and things and and they a picture of his mum you remember seeing that ce- celebrating when he first the fact yeah, yeah yeah all of that and I think think he's uh yeah i think he has the status for me of becoming a real real well i think the thing is he's supposed to have been a world-class player isn't he when he was because that guardiola wanted to buy him and we then went there's nothing world-class about him and he's slowly but surely you think actually i think he may actually be another world-class player i think right now Chelsea. if you could have rodrigo or you could have um Jorginho, Jorginho. you'd have Jorginho right now wouldn't you? yeah you would i haven't i mean I haven't seen a lot of Rodrigo, so I, I don't know, to be perfectly honest with you, but he seems to fit in 
with what we're doing at the moment. And I think that's the thing. I mean, yes, last year he was um, poor. He he wasn't good. He wasn't good. And he got a lot of jip because people were taking out their dislike of Sarri on him. Um, it was very unfortunate. And, and then about, I don't know, two thirds of the way through the season, yeah. he suddenly... Found clip, some form, yeah, yeah. and and whether that was him adjusting to the Premier League, I don't know, because I was having this conversation the other day, because we talk about Kovacic and Jorginho and how they've been brilliant, and everybody's saying, did they need a season to, you know, to to hit the ground, get like a lot of players do. Jorginho, I think, probably did. Kovacic, I think, didn't. I think Kovacic was just stuck in his straitjacket. This ridiculous was role yeah. that Sarri had put him in. Kov- Kovacic is a, is a stunningly good footballer. Other than um, his shooting ability, which uh, is other, absolutely Well, I, I mean, zilch. if that guy could score, he'd be the best, well, one of the best midfielders in the world. I mean, he, his inability. But what do you think happens in his head when he sees a possibility of shooting? He I was think in front the of goal, goal becomes Watford. the size of a thimble. A thimble for him. I he, do. He actually got I into really a position I know. Uh, in front of Watford. He got it actually onto the edge of the penalty yeah. area. And I thought, well, this is just a goalkeeper to beat. Yeah. And yeah. He, you could see him going, and he passed it to Abraham, yeah. who was surrounded by three players. Yeah. Said, what? You, it wouldn't surprise me if someone's going to identify that, at least on the training ground. And even... I mean, we jest about the goal becomes the size of a thimble. Mm. Work with him psychologically. Do yeah. what Johnny Wilkinson did and, and envisage like a massive clown phase or something, didn't he? And he had yeah. to hit it through the mouth. Like, yeah. you'd think if someone only would work we with had him. a manager who was a goal scoring midfielder who could tell him <laughs> could what tell him, to yeah. do. If yeah. only. Perhaps we should get that bloke from uh, Charlton. What was mm. his name? Um, um, Bobia. We should. Um, Alan Kirby. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of the midfield as well. So what are we looking at now? You mentioned Ross Barkley. Looks like you're saying a dead cert to go in January. Is that According what you think? According to Ron. Ron. According to Ron, of course, our yeah. good friend. Yes. Ron. We'll speak yeah. to the Millwall guys when they yeah. come on at 9pm. Yeah. See if they know Ron. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> see if they've got no the source. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, firstly, it's a shame. If he was to go, if you look at the midfielders that Chelsea have, I know that we have to go on quality, but a young English midfielder to be the one that is unfortunately sacrificed. But if we look at the midfield moving forward, what are we suggesting the names are on that team sheet? Because we're talking about the Jorginho-Kovacic partnership. You've got Kante in there as well. So and what does Lampard do? And you've got certain Loftus-Cheek as well. Absolutely. Well, so back. I, if he I gets back, if, I mean, if he gets back, he's had a terrible injury. He's had I understand that. Time. And Frank actually said today, didn't he? He said, He's not as close as no, he thinks he is, no. and etc. But I, I Gallica, find all this Connor Gallagher, yeah, Connor Gallagher is coming, going to come back. But I find all this talk of people leaving in January stunning. You, you know, we've we've got a transfer ban. Yeah. Why would you let anybody go? Because they're saying, oh, um, Giroud's going to go to Inter Milan. And we're buying Chilwell. That's the other one that Ron said. We've yeah. got Chilwell. He's, he's, he's well. There's, there's been bang, a lot of chatter on. about that, but you have to wonder why Chilwell would. I why mean, do you want them to leave money, Leicester? I don't, I don't think know. anybody's going to want to leave Leicester no, at the moment. No, no. I think that's a no. That's all. That's but that's the whole Twitter thing, thing isn't it? It's, it's uh, yeah. Chilwell, Ake, um, Sancho as well. Mm. There's another one coming to Chelsea. Well, Jordan definitely. Sancho's a Chelsea fan, and he's mates with all the guys at Chelsea, so that's why. Oh, so that might people, be a whisper. You people mean. have put two and two together. Is that it? Okay. What's the other one? Do we actually need Jordan Sancho? Of course we don't. Well, Jaden Sancho is, is it's a big thing, isn't it? I mean, he's met very good mates, obviously, like you say, with the Chelsea boys, with Callum Hudson-Odoi yeah. as well, because there was rumours that he was going to be pivotal in getting him over to, Germany, to the yeah. Bundesliga. But another name, gents, that you have been, of course, linked with, that we spoke at length about earlier on in the week on the Crystal Palace fan show, and of course, you play Crystal Palace this weekend, Zaha. is Mr. Wilfred Zaha. Now, apparently, there are close links, and this is one that we're led to believe is maybe close to getting over the line, but... I just think if you sign Wilfred Zaha now, surely he would be surplus to requirements when you look at the personnel yeah. already at the club. You mentioned Loftus-Cheek. You've got Callum Hudson-Odoi. Yeah, but it might also psychologically impair what Frank is creating. Yeah. Why would they want to bring somebody in who would supplant someone else? Because I think Pulisic is beginning to work out what his role is a bit more and seems to come up with these moments of excellence, doesn't Hudson, he? Hudson-Odoi, as you mentioned, was, was stunning it, when he came yeah, on. Yeah, it was great, Absolutely. wasn't he? Because I think he's been quite flat his last he couple has. of games, but he came on on Wednesday night or Tuesday night and he looked... Phenomenal. You have to remember, all these really boys are 18, do. aren't they? For yeah. goodness sake. You know, I know. Wow. It's, uh, Brilliant. It's good. I, I, the whole Zaha thing is is a bit bizarre. I mean, you can see that when we lost Hazard, you thought we need somebody to replace him, and Zaha would have been a good fit, I think, perhaps. But mm-hmm. Pulisic, Hudson Odoi. 
Cool. I mean, the only thing I would say about Zaha is he's a very good player and you could play him through the middle. Yeah, well, he's brilliant. I think Zaha's brilliant. But I, whether he fits into that side, I don't know. I mean, because no you know, William has been has, has yeah, he's flour- up, flourished he? as a consequence yeah. of being um, not having Hazard around. It's a dreadful thing to say, but we don't miss Hazard at all. In fact, it's a positive side of uh, not having him in the team. The overweight the Hazard, according to uh, according Mr. To, Wenger. Yeah, that's right. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, uh, I was intrigued to see that... Uh, that a team was described after the Champions League this week as they pass, they pass, they pass, and there's no end product. What, what team was that, do you think? Oh, must be Roma. <laughs> <laughs> Nearby. Nearby. Okay. Yeah, indeed. Well, I mean, the dark, to finish on the Zaha thing, I think that it's very difficult for him now on a personal level. And we'll get Max, our producer. He's a big, big Crystal Palace fan. He'll come on next to discuss that exact topic and, and the game this weekend. But... It's tough for him now because if he leaves Palace, where actually does he go? I mean, potentially Spurs, I suppose, if they refresh things. That realistically, I think, is is the most likely destination. He's not going to go to Arsenal because they splashed £72 million on Pepe. He's not going to go to Man City. He's not going to go back to Manchester United. Leicester, potentially, he might be able to squeeze in there, I suppose. And if we're putting Leicester in that bracket now. But Chelsea, I don't think he's a regular starter. And Wilfred Zaha isn't going to want to go to a club where he's not starting every week. None of them will want to do that, absolutely. So perhaps this is just um, one of those ridiculous rumours. I mean, also Chelsea may still I have mean, the transfer to be, ban. Mm. To be fair, I think if we didn't have a transfer, or if we wouldn't have had a transfer ban at the beginning of this season, with Eden going, I think they would have. They'd they would have tried to him buy in. him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, it is Crystal Palace, of course, up this weekend. We are going to be talking about that with Max, our producer, next. Love sports. Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the boys from the Chelsea Fan Cast, Jonathan Kidd Kiddo. and Clayton Beerman. Of course, it is Crystal Palace this weekend, gents. The early kickoff on a Saturday. You enjoy early kickoffs? No. No? 12.30? Awful. Really? Yeah. Not a I fan? Think, no. It's funny, isn't it, an early kickoff? Because, of course, for the, the stadium going fan, the, the fan that goes to grounds week in, week out, it's not great. For those who watch at home, I suppose it's not the worst because you can kind of crawl out of bed and yeah. have a bit of a mosey on a Saturday and bam, you've got Premier League football. The only, the the only good to do thing... to what you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, no, I was going to say, the only good thing about the um, 12.30 is if you win, you just put a pipe on for the rest of the weekend. You don't care. You feel fantastic. Mm. If you lose, it's a bad one. It really is. I like it because you can have fun... Uh, you can have tea an, in the om- afternoon. An omelette and tea in the afternoon, yes, exactly. <laughs> Indeed. Well, we now have... Max Matthews, our producer, is on the line. He is a Crystal Palace fan and he is going to give his verdict on the game right now. I am. Great. I thought you were going to do the... There we go, right. The opposition view <laughs> on Love Sport. There's the opposition view. Max Matthews, you are a big Palace fan. Talk to us. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this weekend, actually. Um, I know that traditionally Palace haven't done very well away at the big sides. Um, you know, we have got a good away record generally, but obviously against the big teams, it's not as good. But Chelsea have played recently in the Europa League and their defenders look pretty shoddy at times against Ropey. Ajax, to be honest, uh, Champions League even. And um, yeah, so I, I, I am quite optimistic about this weekend. Wow, are you really? You're optimistic. So, I mean, if you look at the, the last four fixtures we'll take, so Chelsea have won the previous two. The, and then lost the, the two, two before, before that. that. Yeah, yeah, quite interestingly, one of them was the only goal that Radamel Falcao scored for the club. It was a really good goal. It was a very good goal, yes. Yeah. The other one, of course, was that crazy opening quarter of an hour where Fabregas put Chelsea in the lead and then Zaha and Benteke scored that funny little delayed chip that he did. Interestingly, Max, since that game, April 2017, Christian Benteke, nine goals for the club. Yeah, it's it's pretty shocking. I read a stat the other day that in his first 40 games for the club, in all competitions, 40 games, he scored 17 goals. In the 60 games in all competitions since then, he scored three. Wow. So I just want to come back to you saying you're pretty confident about this. I think you're the only Palace fan I've heard. I mean, look, Chelsea haven't lost since that game against Liverpool back in September on an incredible winning run in the Premier League. But you are confident. Yeah, quietly confident rather than confident, maybe. I mean, it is entirely possible that we're going to lose 3-0 tomorrow and get get completely smashed. But I think there are, you know, chinks in the armour of Chelsea. 
And I don't want to get too ahead of myself as a Palace fan. Obviously, we've done probably better than I, I would have expected this season. But I always feel a little bit confident away from home because the way that teams come forward onto us when they're at home really plays into Palace's hands. They'll score. You'll score a couple of goals. Yeah. I'm completely sure about that. Yeah. But we'll score five. <laughs> yeah, very possibly. No, I could, really could mean it. I want to get, yeah. I, I, I have no doubt. They're just, it's the way it, it just goes. But I don't, so. do you, um, do you, have you watched Palace this season? Yeah. They, they sit back. They bank up, and this is what we have problems against. Yeah, but if they try and break, the second they try and break, we'll just no, I, we'll break. And I, then I understand we'll score. that, but I do think they're difficult to break down. And I'm surprised Max has said that they don't. I think you do. I mean, you won at City, didn't you? And you won at Tottenham, won at Palace, uh, at United this season. Yeah, so I I think you are good away from home, and I, I think you do surprise the big clubs, maybe because they take you lightly. Um, and I think your defence is decent. Well, it's perhaps probably if, better if than ours. If we were at Selhurst Park, it would be 5-2 to Chelsea. Yeah. Perhaps it'll be I diff- actually, different I, I at the bridge because they will I, sit I, back. I watched the game last week um, when you played Leicester and I thought you, you were sort of on your haunches for most of it. You didn't do much attacking um, and you got caught on the break a couple of times. But what was the game, the game last season when Palace made no effort whatsoever because they just felt that Chelsea were much better than them and just defended for the whole of the 90 minutes? But that was at... Um, Selhurst Park, and then we scored with that um, Kante chip over, wasn't it? And we yeah. did Louise score. Yeah. Wasn't, no, it was Louise was just, put the ball to Kante. Through to Kante. That's right, that's right. I knew it was both of them anyway. But that game you were talking about, the, mm. the, the 2-1 defeat, that was an extraordinary game because that was in the year that Conte won the league mm-hmm. and that was basically 2-1 down after 17 minutes and then Sacco, is it Sacco? Was it Sacco? He was unbelievable. Do you remember? The, 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 Mamadou, yeah. the, the guy who played for Liverpool mm-hmm. was then playing for That's Palace right. and he That's was right. just, we couldn't do anything to get past him. So in terms of centre-backs, Max, a certain Gary Cahill, of course, at Selhurst Park this season. How's he faring? Really well, actually. Honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't too happy about us signing him. You know, you'd think really? a 33-year-old centre-back who hasn't played in a year, mm. in a year, and I was thinking, well, he's on 75k or something one of the club's highest earners and I was thinking well he's just going to be you know good in the dressing room senior player a bit of experience I didn't think he was going to play really honestly because a year out of the game you know what's that going to do for you as a Premier League player but you can really see the pedigree that he has he he organises he's a leader and I can see him captaining the side in future because he, he just has that presence on the pitch maybe that he wasn't going to play and then he got him got him in as a squad player for all those reasons but he just excelled in training it could have been that with um with what's this with Roy? Because Roy likes that kind of thing. He, yeah, like, he likes people expressing themselves. That He'll way. get a fantastic reception. Fantastic, tomorrow. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, indeed he will. Okay, Max, thank you. A quick prediction before you go. Uh, I'm gonna say three two Palace. Ooh, how gritty! What a thrilling encounter that is going to be. All the goals flying in at Stamford Bridge this season, gents. Of course, Mike Dean in the middle of the park. Oh, Andre dear. Mariner. In Stockley Park, oh, what could possibly, uh, possibly go, go wrong? I mean, crikey, O'Reilly. Oh, dear. We, and uh, and um, uh, what's his face in the stands being the, the referee's Martin. assessor? Martin's yeah, the Martin, referee's yeah, assessor. Yeah, Martin Allen. Yeah. No, I, I, sort of, I know we haven't touched on VAR, but again, what a passion killer. I mean, on, on Tuesday night. Well, listen, you know my thoughts on I, it. And people I, keep sending me messages. And what I cannot get my head around is that the punditry and the likes of Gary Lineker, who are now slating it and say, oh, the bar's been lowered even more. He was campaigning for yeah. it last season. Oh, yeah. all we need is VAR, VAR this, VAR that. And why it's taken everybody to suddenly turn around and go, oh, I tell you what, that does that. Well, we knew that. Yeah. We had this foresight before it all came. Yeah. You knew it was going to be a passion yeah. killer. You knew it was going to try and find these tiny little things that they could be really busy about in their little office. They've never played a game. I think the one Arsenal the other week, it was some Australian who'd never refereed a Premier yeah. League game. Yeah. It's complete bonkers. And Tuesday night, like you said, nonsense. And that moment, listen, I don't even care if it's the right decision. That moment, the referee's decision should be final. That is what they are paid for. As Pilaqueta sliding along the ground, the, the stadium erupting. Absolutely bonkers. Madness. I don't agree at all. Bedlam. Do you not? No. I think it's absolutely correct the way it's just being badly applied. I So I, I understand where you're coming from with that, and I agree with you, but I, I think... It's not. Look at Firmino last week. That offside. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, but to me, it 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 it's the whole process of what referees are in this country. As referees are generally mm. uh, the the status that all the referees had. The the poor linesman in the Watford game 
could not give a decision. He was so scared of making a decision in case it was the wrong one because it would be seen on television. Mm. While you've got the television audience who they're pandering to, which they are pandering, you've got to get it right and it will always be there because otherwise people will say, look, he was miles offside, they'll refer back to it. It's there forever. It just needs to have better referees doing it. I'll the, keep going the, on about this prob- as well. The problem yeah. is, and is the fact, and I was speaking to Martin Allen about this outside before we came on air, is the fact that the referee, it's, it, and I think this is, it's a generational thing. The referees, he, Martin said the referees are now having to do something different to what they've ever done before. And it's right. These guys who've got VAR at the moment, they have refereed in a different world. Yeah, I agree. When you have basically got a brand new set of referees who have only refereed with VAR, then it'll work mm. because they know, but it'll be a bit like cricket. They'll make less and less decisions and they'll leave it up to VAR and eventually the game will just die. Yeah, just disappear off into the ether. Gents, we are sadly at the end of the show. It's been so thoroughly, we're thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Into yeah, the ether. Sadly you are. <laughs> that would have been a better segue, VAR, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, before you go, uh, quick score predictions, please, if you will. Kiddo. Uh, uh, I'll change from 5-2 to 4-2. Brilliant. Nice. A thrilling encounter. 4-2, six-goal thriller. I could, my heart couldn't take it. Just a 1 0 ball draw, a ball, ball win. <laughs> ball win. A 1 0 ball yeah. win for Chelsea, yeah. of course. Brilliant. Okay, gents. Chelsea do host Crystal Palace this weekend at Stamford Bridge, 12 30. We will give you all the reaction from that game. This has been the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. We we'll see you next Friday at 7 pm. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.